Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. Today we're going to share a special message with you on relentless marriage. I'm honored to have my daughter Jessica and my son-in-law, Derek, to share with us some of the challenges that they've had in their marriage, although they've only been married for about five years. Many marriages suffer their greatest challenges in their early years. So I want you to listen in as they share some very sensitive challenges that they've had that God has helped them to work through. If you're a young married couple or if you've been married for quite a while, this is a good time to listen in very closely on how to be relentless in building your marriage. Now come and go with us as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. We are going to be talking about relentless marriage and what that means to us. So we are going to give you guys some examples from our lives and some things that we have learned throughout this last five, six-ish years in our lives. Our first point that we're going to bring out in this relentless marriage is trust. That's the first point we want to bring out, trust. This is something we've learned. Now, we're going on six years, and our parents, as we just said, 35, they got us pretty much beat. We just got over the five-year milestone, which we're grateful for. And even yesterday, I'm looking at her, hey, looking at her now, hey, five years. Let's do another five and the five and the five till we get to 35 and 40, and let's keep going until the Lord takes us home. Keep this thing going because we're trying to be relentless in our marriage. But the first one is trust. The word trust means To be persuaded. And here I am again, definitions. Definitions are very important. The word trust means to be persuaded, which is actually the root word of the word faith in the Greek. The word faith in the Greek is pistis, if you look it up, but it means to be persuaded. So when we come to faith in Christ, it's because God has persuaded us. That him down on the cross for our sins is the way to eternal life. We're persuaded. And when we we lose faith, it's because we're not persuaded. I'm not persuaded that going this direction is the way that will bring benefits to my life. So the first word that we want to talk about is trust. And I just want to, as we're going to go into these, just mention that this trust is both past and future. Both past and future. And let me explain what I mean by that. When we talk about trust in a relentless marriage, there are some things that happen in the past that can try to tamper our trust. That can allow us not to be persuaded that I'll do better. Or that I would not be persuaded that she'll do better because of the past. But there's also future trust, similar to when you first get together, it's all butterflies. I trust you. I love you. Our future is bright. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. There's also future trust that we are persuaded of. But first, Jessica is going to come and talk about our first point under trust, which is honesty. Honesty is our first point underneath trust. Um, Trust and truth go hand in hand together. So in order to trust somebody, we have to know that they are truthful and that they're like a truthful person. They tell the truth. For example, 
I'm a school teacher. I enjoy what I do. I teach third grade, and I love third graders because they can communicate to me, and they tell all the business. So parents, if you don't want your kid to repeat, don't say it in front of them, because I get an earful of all sorts of things, and I'm like, uh-uh. I don't want to hear your parents' business. <laughs> but <laughs> they tell all the business, and they're very open. So I have this shared time in my class that I allow my kids to share about their weekend and share things that they do, and it helps me get to know them, and then I share about my life, too. So I have this one particular kid that just likes to just embellish the truth sometimes. <laughs> During the shared time, one week, they were like, you know what? Over the weekend, I got a dog. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like, that's believable. I'm like, awesome, you got a new pet. Then the next weekend, they're like, you want to know what I got this weekend? I'm like, what? They're like, I got the new iPhone. I'm like, ooh, like the, the brand new one? Like, that's better than what I got. And they're like, yeah, it was thousands of dollars. I'm like, hmm, okay. And I just go on. I'm like, that's awesome. Then the next weekend, they're like, you know what I got this weekend? I got a million dollars. You got a million dollars? Like, can I have some? Can I have some of your million dollars? And then, so in my mind, each week, I'm like, mm-mm, this is not true. And not only the teacher noticed these things, but some of the other students have started to pick, up, pick it up too. When this one student's telling their stories, I see other faces like, mm-mm, you're lying. And I'm like, guys, that is not nice. You know, let's listen to the person. But in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, I agree with y'all. Not telling the truth. <laughs> but my point is, if we don't tell the truth, then people are not going to believe you when you do tell the truth. So it's important to tell the truth in every situation, no matter how big it is or how small it is or how embarrassing it could be, it's important to tell the truth in your marriage, in any relationship that you're in. The question that you have to ask yourself is, can I tell my spouse every single thing without downplaying the truth, without twisting it, without making it sound better than what it is? Can you tell them the complete, open, and honest truth? There are some different areas of honesty that we have to be honest with our spouse in. And that first area is our emotions. Like, it's important to be able to communicate your emotions to your spouse and let them know, like, exactly how you're feeling. And say, like, hey, this hurt me when you said this. Of course, don't be rude about it. <laughs> but when you said this, this made me feel this kind of way. We're not mind readers. As much as I would love to read your mind, I cannot. If we don't open up our mouths and say something, then we may not know. And that can cause more confusion and a lot more drama. So it's important to open up your mouth and communicate. And if something hurt your feelings or if you're feeling some type of way, let that person know. Because like I said, they may not know. We can't read your mind. And some people are really good at hiding their emotions, which I can be guilty. <laughs> I can be guilty for that one. They're really good at masking and hiding my emotions. I have to make it a point to go to Derek and let him know exactly how I'm feeling about any kind of situation. Can you be open and honest about your past? Things that you have done in your past that may come back up during your marriage or your relationship. Can you be open with your spouse and let them know everything that you know you did, who you hang around with, all those different kind of things. We gotta be open with our present 
and also honest with our future. So we always have to love our spouse and with the relentless kind of love that Christ loves us. Like he loves us so much and he forgives us for every single thing that we do. And he loves us without judging us. And we know that we can come to him and say, God, you know, this is what's going on with me. And that's the same thing that we have to do with our spouse. And when your spouse comes to you, we have to listen. <laughs> listen and receive and listen just like Christ listens to us. In Luke chapter 17, verse 3 through 4, it says, If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. If your spouse is coming to you with something that is some truth, we have to forgive them. No matter how hard it is and upsetting it is, try to hear them out and listen to them because they are sharing their truth with you. That is something very vulnerable. So we don't want to beat somebody up about their truth that they are um, sharing with you. As spouse, we're working together. Like, we're on the same team. So this is not something that I'm going to use against you. Like, we're the same team. We're moving in the same direction. If you're telling me something that's vulnerable, okay, we're going to work together through whatever situation that is. Deception and lies are the biggest trust killer that you can have in any relationship. Trying to deceive somebody or coming in and saying lies, that a good way to ruin things. That can kill trust. We just have to tell the truth even when it's tough. So in our marriage, we try to be as open and honest as possible with each other, even if it's difficult. Like Derek knows, like I say, I'm not always the best communicator sometimes, but sometimes it just takes me a while to get my thoughts together. If that's you, it's okay. But get your thoughts together, okay? <laughs> and then go and communicate to the person. Don't just keep your thoughts in your brain and not say anything. Thank you. Because I will do that. Like, I will have, like, this whole elaborate script in my head. And then sometimes I think that I communicated it, but I really didn't. So you have to go and make sure that you do communicate with your spouse and make sure that they know what's going on. You can write it down. Put it in a text message. You can put it in, you know, a little voice memo. Like, whatever method you have to do to get that out, you can do it. So whatever works for you, that's what you have. So Derek's going to talk about submission. So submission, um, and I'll read Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse number 21, and I'll define this word submission for us as well. But it says in chapter uh, five of Ephesians, verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We, a lot of times we hear, as the verse 22 says, wives submit yourselves, but we forget about verse 21 that says submit to one another. Yeah. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And the word submission or the word submit means to Come under God's arrangement. You may not have heard it. You may have heard it, but it was new information for me that the word submit means to come under God's arrangement. What are we saying when it says submit to one another out of reverence? And if we don't know what reverence means, we looked that one up too for you. Reverence means to be scared. 
It's not just, oh, I reverence God. Oh, he is so holy. No, it's be scared. Be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> Submit to one another. Be under God's arrangement toward one another out of fear or out of scaredness to Christ. What do we mean by this? What is this whole arrangement? God instituted marriage. Yeah. And it's, it's like we have to say that more and more and more nowadays. But God instituted marriage. There is no such thing as trying to say it is a gay marriage. There's no such thing. Because marriage was designed by God. It is an institution by God. And God said that it is a male and a female. And he designed that in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 when he created male and female. But the male and the female had a purpose in the arrangement. There is a long-lasting covenant partner that you have. And one is a seed bearer and one is a seed carrier. Everybody has a purpose in this arrangement. Have you ever seen a flower arrangement? They put some flowers over here, put some flowers over there. I cannot do it. I remember getting Jessica some flowers before, and I just said, just roses. I don't know. <laughs> Red roses. She, okay, fine. How many you want? Uh, how much? <laughs> how much is it? And then I'll let you know how you're going to arrange it. I just said, you know, just make it beautiful. Got 24, and they arranged it, and it came out, and it was like, wow. I don't know if they went picking. I don't know if they had them in the back. I don't know how they did it. But all I know is she came out with that vase. And I was like, wow, it, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. Everything was where it was supposed to be to make it beautiful. Everything was functioning how it was supposed to function. And it was beautiful. And when it functions like it's supposed to in Genesis 1, God said, and he blessed it. He blessed it when it functions in the arrangement that God wants it to be. It says submit, arrange yourself towards one another out of reverence for Christ. It goes down and it talks about some details of how to do that. And in the end, in verse number 32, in verse number 33, it says, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. There is an arrangement just as in 22, submit yourselves, uh, wives submit yourselves to your own husband as you do to the Lord for the husband is the head there are things that God has designed purposes in the male purposes in the female that has to be in the correct purpose in a correct alignment for it to work when we get out of the arrangement of the marriage where the wife is leading or the child we're telling him oh he's the man of the house now because his dad is not here out of God's design and we have to know our place. Do you know as a male what your purpose is? Do you know as a female what your purpose is? As a child, as it goes in in chapter 6, your purpose in the household, you're the fruit. The two shall become one and make one. What is your purpose in there? But then it, once you leave being a child, then it says in verse 31, for this reason a man will leave 
his father and mother to be joined with his wife. Submission has the idea of being in a, your proper arrangement. And then in Under Trust, we'll talk about vulnerability, as Jessica mentioned. Vulnerability. As we are submitting one to another in fear for Christ, there was a situation in our marriage where I had to be vulnerable. What does vulnerable mean? Vulnerable means humility. Vulnerability means demonstrate inferiority. Come down. Get off the high horse. Get out the pride. Come down. Vulnerable. Be vulnerable. There are things that happen in our past that affect who we are today. And that's what our spouses are dealing with today. And we need to be vulnerable and speak up so that there can be what we're talking about, trust. So that each one, uh, the other person, the spouse, can be persuaded. There was a situation in our marriage where uh, there was one time where I was praying. I was in my office uh, at work, and I was on my knees praying. And I was talking to the Lord, and the Lord said, you need to do something. Till you do this, I'm not talking to you. And I'm like, Lord, do you really want me to do this? And he said, uh, I'm not going to talk to you if you don't do this. Before we got married, I talked to Jessica, and I'm, I'm a very open person. Um, as Jessica knows, the first week that we were talking on the phone, we were talking some deep stuff. She knows what those deep stuff are. But um, there was something that I told Jessica that I had been dealing with for a while, and that was pornography. And I told that to her before we got married, letting her know, putting all the cards out on the table, saying, Jessica, this is something that I'm dealing with now, that I'm fighting through, and I want you to know as who I, at that moment, wanted to be my future wife, and now she is. But at that moment, I wanted to tell her the whole truth and tell her everything. So told her that. We talked about getting uh, help, accountability, all of those type of things. Got married and still in marriage, and God said, you need to say something because it's still there. You would think being in marriage or being married that it would cure all, but it didn't. I'm saying this, I'm glad that it did because God showed me that the way that you thought it was going to cure, it didn't happen. You still need to trust me. And so you're going to have to do something that you didn't think you were going to have to do, which was vulnerability. So he told me I needed to say something that day. I went and talked to Jessica and I told her about it. And we also talked to my pastors and I submitted to counseling. And I sat down for a little bit. To God be the glory. I'm free. To God be the glory, I'm free. But in that, it was just as we're saying here, it was submission. Being under God's arrangement, you need to arrange yourself in being scared of me. Be scared because it's serious business. If you want your, your marriage to be relentless and to be steadfast and to be speedy and persevere through all, you, you got to be under the arrangement of me and be scared. And so in that trust, Jessica's going to come and talk about when trust is broken. So, yes, trust was broken in that situation that happened in our lives. Like Derek said, he did mention it to me, 
before we got married, which I'm so thankful for, because at that point, I had a decision if I wanted to, you know, keep moving forward in that relationship or go somewhere else. Obviously, I kept moving forward because we're here now. <laughs> but um, even in marriage, even though he had brought this up and told me about it in the past, it still hurt to hear him coming to me and tell, telling me that he's still dealing with this because I thought it was something that um, he was over or something that wasn't a problem anymore. But to hear a few years into our marriage that he said that he was still dealing with something and that he hasn't like brought it up in these last three years of marriage, it hurt. It's, it hurt me. But him being open and coming to me and being honest about it allowed me to deal with that hurt a lot easier. And it made it a lot easier for me to be able to forgive him and walk through the healing and um, forgiveness with him. In Colossians 3.13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive them as the Lord forgave you. In that situation, he came to me, and I, I wouldn't say I was shocked, because I know that things can come back up again, but I was just very thankful and grateful that he obeyed the Lord and what the Lord had told him and spoke to him that he came and he talked to me. And I was like, okay, so let's see how we can work through this together. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't like attacking him or like beating him up about something like this or like, why did you not tell me? And this still been going on for all these years. I was pretty quiet in that moment, I think, because I just wanted to make sure that what I spoke was what God wanted me to speak. And I didn't want to speak out of anger or out of hatred or, you know, just out of my emotions. So I really wanted to make sure that I was speaking exactly what God wanted me to speak in that moment. I had to allow Derek the opportunity to regain my trust. I had to give him that opportunity to do that by showing me what his, um, his actions and his motives and making sure that I did not give up on him. So like he said, um, there's some things that we had to do because of his situation. Um, we, he ended up going to counseling, and I didn't go to counseling with him. <laughs> but um, through counseling, we did have to go to a different church because it was through a different church. I went to church right with him. I was like, I'm not going to let you go by yourself. So I went along with him and stood beside him and let him know that I was there through this situation, that we were going to get through this together. It wasn't just, you know, him by himself, but this is something that we are going through together and making sure that we were relentless in this situation. I certainly hope that you've enjoyed today's broadcast as we've listened to Jessica and Derek Davis, a young couple talking about some of the early challenges that they've had in their marriage. They haven't been married too long, but it doesn't take long to find out that you're going to have challenges when you are in holy matrimony with one another. The good news is that God helps us to build our marriages and to be relentless in growing together when we depend upon Him to help us out of every trouble that we may find ourselves in. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. 
You can hear this message in its entirety, as well as previous messages that you've heard on this station. The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. And if you would like for us to stand with you, maybe you're going through some difficulties in your marriage, just let us know. You can call us right now at 281-964-1393 and leave a prayer request and we will pray for you and your family. I also want to invite you to come and be our guest. We're meeting in person every Sunday morning at the Light of the World. We're in the North Houston Humble area and it would be such a joy to have you come and be our guest. We are we're doing our safety and health protocols with social distancing and mask wearing. We're also worshiping and hearing the word of God that will change our life and enrich our lives. Join us in person or join us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Now for the light of the world, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.